Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com, that's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE, get you 10% off. Censorship. Why do they do it? They all do it. All the communists do it. Why do they do it? And also, the big lie. We hear a lot now about the big lie, about the election, the capital raid, and such things. BLM's getting a Nobel Peace Prize. 
Finally, it's Groundhog Day. We're going to talk about all that coming up right now on I'm Right. The big lie. How often do you hear that word, the big lie, that term? It's all the time, right? They're using it all the time. Now the newest thing is the big lie about the election fraud. Was it stolen? Wasn't it stolen? Things like that. But one thing we know for a fact is corrupt, rotted out systems live on lies. Why do they do that? They have to. Because the truth is so damaging, they know it ends them. So they tell lies. And then just like a, a child who, who stole a cookie and then lies about it, then he lies about the lies. And then he lies about lying about the lies. And so on and so on and so on until in the end, nobody can even tell what the truth is anymore. You've heard of Mao, right? Obviously, everybody's heard of Mao. Mao Zedong, that horrible communist monster of a dictator that was in charge of China. And you know, back in his day, he did that thing, I'm not telling you anything you don't know here, called the Great Leap Forward. He finally took over his country and decided, you know, what we need is we have to advance technologically, nuclear power, military power, but we don't really have the money per se. What we'll do is we'll trade grain. And so he forced all the private farmers to give up their private farms, to give up their homes, and he took millions of people and forced them onto these, you know, little communal lands where they had to work every single day. And you had quotas of, so you have to bring in so much grain every day. And if you couldn't, they'd starve you to death. And so all the kids would die, and the old people would die, and the pregnant women would die, and the sick would die, and even the living couldn't seem to get enough food. And millions are dying, millions of people. We've never seen that kind of devastation in this country, by the grace of God. But it's not that. That's not what we're talking about. While that was happening, the people who lived in China's cities, this is the, the creepiest, most twilight zone part of this whole thing, all the people living in, in China's cities at the time, they were reading newspapers every single day obviously communist newspapers, about how great the Great Leap Forward was. Every day at home, the the, the, how, what a huge success it's been. Oh, honey, look, it's right here in the paper. Don't you see it's been a huge success? That's what corrupt systems do. They tell lies. Small lies for small issues, small mistakes. But even bigger lies for bigger issues, big mistakes. That's when you know you're in serious trouble. And that's what we have right now in the United States of America. We have a corrupt, rotted out system of filth. And it's telling us lies over and over and over again. And it's not just that it lies. It lies. It lies boldly. And it demands, and not under, by the grace of God, not under pain of death yet, but it demands under pain of public shame, losing your job, even jailing anymore, it demands that you acknowledge the lie as the truth. You must say it's the truth. Don't you, don't you dare tell the truth. This is a lie, but we have to hear you say it's true. We have to hear your friends say it's true. Everybody has to acknowledge this lie is the truth. And that's when you know your system is in trouble. That's when you know, and that's where we are. Think of the lies you've been told. Just Look, I don't have to go over di uh, distant history here. Last year? Remember coronavirus? Remember? Just last year? We're all going to die. 
go home right now and hide for 15 days. Or, but what, remember the numbers they were using? Two million Americans are about to die. We're going to have a half a million Americans dead in like a day. Everyone's going to die. Oh, okay, okay, and we win. And everybody on the news was pushing this. Every single, every, everybody, oh, I go home, we're going to die. Look, look, President Trump, the Republicans were right there too, right there on the screen. Go home. They got to go home. It's, it's the end of the world. Hollywood stars on their Instagram, go home, save lives. Everyone, universally across the board, we're all going to die. All of corporate America, we're going to die. Everyone's going to die. Everyone demanded you believe that. And very early on, people who can think, I mean, I was there on day one, but let's set that aside. People who can think are looking at the numbers and they're looking at this and thinking, this, this doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like it's the smart thing to do. And it doesn't seem lawful. Do we even talk about that anymore? Mayors, governors, pointing at this business and telling them to close and this business and allowing them to open? You realize that's not lawful, right? They're not allowed to do that. But everybody demanded that you do it. And if you didn't do it, whoo-hoo, the public shame that came your way. Do you want grandma to die? Go home now. I remember. I remember well. I remember those St. George Floyd riots over the summertime. We've talked about it before on the show, you know. Uh, St. George Floyd, he gets killed or dies. We don't know the coroner's reports that he died. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He dies. That horrible video, we all saw it. And every single part of the system demanded that you believe that cops are out there hunting down unarmed black men and murdering them for the color of their skin. They demanded you believed it. Every single news organization, all the Hollywood stars, every single sports league, kneeling for the flag. We will not have these racist cops hunting down black men like wild game. Republicans too, of course. Donald Trump hidden his office in the White House. Tim Scott, Mitch McConnell rolling out federal police reform legislation. Idiots like that Senator Lankford of Oklahoma. We have to change the name of military bases. This history of racism... Aunt Jemima's changing her logo. We have to stop the hunting down of black men, except that was all a lie. In all of 2019, in a country of 330 plus million people, nine unarmed black men were killed by police. It simply had no, no base in fact whatsoever. But not only did they tell the lie, they demanded you believe it. And they demanded you repeat it. And if you didn't, what are you, a racist? Is that what you are? How many times have they done this? Time and time and time again. The election. You know what we stopped doing at all? Just out of shame? And I still don't know what's real. I, I never claimed to you that I did know. You know what we stopped doing at all? Questioning some of the irregularities about the election? Do you even hear anyone do that anymore? No, you don't. You have to, this is a, the safest election ever. The most secure election ever. You say it, you better say it. Why aren't you saying it? You better say, do you not believe, do you want, do you, do you want an insurrection? Demanding lie after lie after lie. The system's wrong. The system's broken. And one of the hardest things you and I are going to have to do going forward is the next time they're selling you on another big lie, stopping and saying, no, no, I won't. And it's not easy 
like I said, by the grace of God, we don't have some secret state police yet dragging you out of your home in the middle of the night, taking you off to a gulag somewhere for telling the truth. We don't have that yet, by the grace of God. But we do have this social shaming system, the fear of loss of a job, loss of social status. It's so much easier. Like every corrupt system, they make it so easy. Just, just tell the lie. It'll be fine. Look, everyone else is saying it. Why don't you say it too? You have to be a truth teller. You have to. Because this corrupt system we have, it's not almost ready to turn itself around. I do believe there can be victory at the end, but this gets a lot worse before it gets better. These lies, they're going to get worse. They're going to get worse. They control the truth, all of it. Stand up to them and think. Of course, Project Veritas has once again come out and exposed Facebook, these big tech companies. They know it's all a lie. In his first day, President Biden already issued a number of executive orders um, on areas that we as a company really care uh, quite deeply about. But there has been quite a lot of disquiet expressed by many leaders around the world, from the president of Mexico to Alexander Navalny in Russia, the Chancellor Angela Merkel, and others saying, well, this shows that private companies have got too much power, and they should be only making these decisions in a way that is framed by democratically uh, agreed rules. We agree with that. We agree with that. Mark will be very clear about that, that ideally we wouldn't be taking these decisions on our own. We would be taking these decisions in line with and in conformity with democratically uh, uh, agreed uh, rules and principles. Um, and at the moment, those democratically, elect, uh, democratically agreed rules don't exist. We still have to take decisions in real time. They know. They know. They understand the power they have. They're not going to let it go. I, I have to tell you, it cracked me up when I saw this headline. It was so absurd, such an over-the-top lie. It, it just, it, it, I burst out laughing. I was sitting right there. My wife said, What's, what are you laughing about? The Washington Post, they have a headline. The Technology 202. New report calls conservative claims of social media censorship a form of dis disinformation. And what got me about that, because it may not have made you laugh, was a new report. So I just, you know, did what I never do and click on the link of a Washington Post article. And what do you think I found? You see, you always have to think and ask questions. The first thing I wanted to know is, who made the report? It was New York University. Leftist NYU came up with a report. It dug into these claims about censorship and it couldn't find anything. What are you talking about? You see, the system heard how many people were concerned about censorship, so the system investigated the system and the system found that the system didn't do any wrongdoing at all. So don't worry. There's a new report out. The system says all is good. All the lies are still truth. Don't worry. Daily Caller did some research on it. Here's some facts. The study was funded by Craig Newmark, the billionaire founder of Craigslist, who contributed $100,000 to help Joe Biden's presidential campaign. The study called decisions by Twitter and Facebook to censor links to a New York Post story about Hunter Biden to be, quote, a reasonable decision. 
The study makes the unsubstantiated claim the story was based on, quote, stolen materials. The researchers also urge President Biden to create a digital regulatory agency. Oh, yes, that sounds like a report you can trust. Jen Psaki, she was, she was asked about it. President Biden support the continuing ban of, of, of President Trump on their sites? I think that's a decision made by Twitter. We've, we've certainly spoken to, and he's spoken to, um, the need for social media platforms to continue to take steps to reduce hate speech. Um, but we don't have more for you on it than that. See how insidious it all is? Anyone know how bad it really is? Here's, here's a headline for you. How controlled it all is. Quote, White House reporters, Biden team wanted our questions in advance. What this all comes down to is this. What I've been telling you forever, what I will never stop repeating. You're going to start headbutting your, your couch as soon as you hear me say this from now on. None of what you see is real. None of it. It's all manipulated. It's all packaged and it's all a lie. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, home title theft is not a little thing. I want you to understand, cybercrime is up 75% since the beginning of all this COVID lockdown stuff. The FBI knows they don't have a handle on this crime. They just don't. Because it's so easy for these cyber crooks to hack into your home title, get it? take off with the money and leave you with the bill. By the time you realize a crime's even been committed, they're gone. It's what makes it so hard. Your defense against it is Home Title Lock. Go get it today. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address, see if you're already a victim. While you're there, use the code RADIO and sign up. That gets you 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. Well, just like we talked about, the big lie, the system lying. And if there's a big problem, the system just tells a bigger lie. I got a kick out of this one, too. This is, uh, this is a doozy. Quote, we hold the largest social movement in global history. Today, we have been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. People are waking up to our global call for racial justice and an end to economic injustice, environmental racism, and white supremacy. We're only getting started, and yes, you guessed it, that's from Black Lives Matter, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Let's look in on Black Lives Matter from last night. This is in Rochester, New York. Yeah, that's them at a police department in Rochester, New York, ripping down fencing. And let's, I mean, look, let's take a little trip down memory lane. You do remember what these people were doing all summer long, right? And I mean all summer long. They weren't just standing on a street corner with a sign. Here's what they were doing.
Ah, yes. Nobel Peace Prize. You see what I mean? It's, just, it's the perfect example of what we were just talking about in the beginning. The more violent you are, the more chaos you cause, the more you're in line for a peace prize. And let's not forget, speaking of the lies they tell you, let's not forget how these protests were covered. This is the Washington Post. This summer's BLM protests were overwhelmingly peaceful. Our research finds. The Guardian, quote, nearly all Black Lives Matter protests are peaceful, despite Trump narrative, report finds. Time came out with this doozy, quote, 93% of Black Lives Matter protests have been peaceful, new report finds, and so on, and so on, and so on. And I'm actually not picking on the scumbags of Black Lives Matter for once. I'm more just showing you how completely broken the system is. We are now at a point Anybody the system elevates, you should be suspicious of. And anybody the system comes down on, probably a hero. Something to think about. All right, we still got Christina Wong coming up. Going to talk about the wokeism in the military and how it's rotting us out. We have Kristen Tate coming up. This migration, this blue migration to red states, it is not good. And it's really, really not good. we talk about all that. Hang on. Well, I think we can all agree that the system is rotted and the system is wrong. And one of the things the system does universally is it demands everybody agree ideologically. There is no dissent allowed. And wow, look at this headline here. For This is from Breitbart. Jackie Spear, or Spire, I don't know, I went to community college, calls for a screening of military recruits' social media posts? Ew. Joining me now to talk about that is Pentagon correspondent with Breitbart News, Christina Wong. Christina, should we just go ahead and give everybody a chip or a stamp of some kind saying they agree with all the proper things in order to serve in the military? Uh, Pretty much. I mean, that is the road we are heading down. Um, And thank you for having me on your show. I'm a huge fan of yours. So this is quite an honor. But uh, yeah, so we see that is uh, asking President Biden and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and the Director of National Intelligence to all get together and agree to screen uh, military recruits, social media posts for any kind of thing that implies that they're a white supremacist or some sort of extremist. And, uh, you know, this is really, this could be really prone to abuse because it's so vague. And, you know, there's no agreed term on, you know, what makes someone an extremist or what makes someone a racist or, or you know, white supremacist. I mean, there are some pretty clear things, right? We don't, we obviously don't want actual white supremacists in the military, but the problem is it, it's so ill-defined now. And, you know, numbers indicate that the actual problem is incredibly small. So, you know, I have this New York Times article in front of me. Uh, last year, the FBI uh, notified the DOD that there were 143 current or former members um, that were involved in criminal investigations. And of those, 68 
were involved in some sort of domestic extremism, a quarter of those were involved with uh, white nationalism. So we're talking about 17 members, 17 current or former members of the military that were involved in some sort of criminal white supremacist, you know, white nationalism type activity. So, I mean, that is a, a tiny member. So you're gonna be screening, you know, everyone's social media posts for, you know, anything that indicates something astray and you don't know who's defining the terms. I mean, this looks like we're on the road to social credit communism. Well, Christina, you're 100% right and you're going to have to forgive me, but I personally have been called a Nazi about 10,000 times over the past four years. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned if these are the people deciding what is or what isn't white supremacism. Is a MAGA hat white supremacism? What about uh, your father holding a Trump sign up? Do we know who's going to be making that call? Uh, no, we don't know exactly who is going to be making these calls, and that's incredibly uh, concerning. In fact, you just had the Biden administration put a halt on all defense advisory board uh, members, all these boards that advise the Pentagon. Uh, all their activity is put on halt until every board and every member can be looked at. You know, of course, they're worried about like the two or three Trump appointees who got in towards the end, you know, but but they're trying to purge, you know, all all traces of any kind of Trump policy. And so you're going to get in uh, loyalists, you know, for all the crying and complaining about Trump loyalists. Now we're going to see Biden loyalists, you know, and all these boards making all these decisions. Uh, for instance, you know, who's going to rename the army bases? You had, uh, you know, you have a halt on, I think, the four uh, Trump appointees who were put on that board, including one of, one of whom is African-American. But no, no, you can't have any, any Trump members in there helping to make any kind of policy. It's really concerning, uh, you know, who's going to be making policies going forward. It's just going to be, you know, woke uh, defense officials, members of the woke military advising those defense officials. I mean, it just seems like we're, we're kind of going down the tubes here. Do, do we know about Lloyd Austin yet? I mean, as soon as I saw Biden nominated him, my antenna went up. But I honestly, I genuinely don't know anything about the man. What, what, what do we know about the direction he wants to take things? Well, you know, I think there's something to be said about, uh, you know, him having um, been the commander of CENTCOM, uh, you know, as we were still in the Afghanistan and Iraq wars that were still in, but also overseeing the uh, Syria program that was a complete failure under the Obama administration where we spent uh, millions of dollars trying to train up these, you know, Syrian um, fighters. And I think they produced like 15 or something and they all they all got killed and disintegrated. So, I mean, that's not really a good track record. So there are, there are some people, <laughs> yeah, uh, not really a success there, but uh, so, you look at what the Pentagon has done so far, you know, on the reversing uh, Trump's transgender policy. And, you know, now you have the army coming out with all these new regulations. And one of the key priorities is to rid the military of these so-called, you know, 
racist and extremist. I mean, those seem to be his top policy. And he has criticized, he spent most of his career in the Middle East. Well, our number one security concern right now is China. So he doesn't have a lot of experience uh, with China. You know, he's trying to talk about it. The Biden administration is trying to talk about the, you know, mid-level senior officials who will be advising him on China and all that stuff. But it seems like his appointment is more about you know having the first black defense secretary in place. Um, so I'm not saying he's qualified, but I think that was a, a huge draw. We had the Congressional Black Caucus uh, pushing for him as well as uh, Jay Johnson. So I think they really wanted someone who was African-American to uh, be in that position. Christina, speaking of China, obviously everybody's eyes are on the Biden administration given their <clears throat> links to China beforehand, people want to know what what kind of tact, especially militarily, what kind of approach are we going to be taking with China? And I realize it's very early on. Do we have some kind of an indication on that? You know, we do not. Um, so under the Trump administration, he was really strong. Uh, tr President Trump was really strong on, on Taiwan, which is, you know, the number one problem for China. You know, China sees uh, Taiwan as, as its territory. Taiwan sees itself as its own uh, country, a democracy, right? So for the first time, and I think in I think it was 20, 30 years, you had the U.S. Navy recognizing uh, transits, U.S. naval transits through the Taiwan Strait. And that completely stopped under the Obama administration. The Obama administration completely uh, you know, dropped the ball with the South China Sea and, and Taiwan uh, you know, during its tenure. And so early on so far, we have seen a transit but that was probably long scheduled, uh, you know, in advance. So we, we don't know exactly, you know, other than its track, its horrible track record, uh, what it's going to do towards China. Um, you did have a Taiwanese official get invited to the inauguration. So yay, you know, little, little signs here and there, you know, that they're going to continue the Trump but, you know, when the going gets tough, when we get down to trade and all these really thorny issues, 5G, you know, then we'll be able to um, see, you know, what the Biden administration is going to do. But, but, you know, the Trump administration did it a huge favor by being so tough on China that they can just continue some of its policies. And so, you know, hopefully that's what's going to happen. Christina, on a macro level, setting aside, I mean, even Biden for this, for this, for the time being, I am gravely concerned about this social justice warrior, critical race theory crap that has infected every part of our society, but definitely has infected our military. I mean, people do not realize now the brats at the top is very susceptible to this. A lot of them push this stuff. How bad is it? Because the guys I talk to who are still in, they're very concerned about it, and they tell me it's a huge problem. Yeah, and I think it's going to just get worse and worse. So recently you had the Army coming out, you know, changing hair regulations or, you know, previewing changes that are going to be made in February. So women can now, you know, wear earrings um, in a non-combat setting. They can have a long ponytail, you know, as long as they put their ponytail underneath their uniform which is, you know, we'll see how long that's going to last. Uh, you know, so there's all these changes. They can wear nail polish and, and lipstick, you know, in, in times where they couldn't before. So you're seeing a lot of these, these social changes, you know, and they're not going to stop. So some of these 
some soldiers are saying, okay, now get rid of the height and weight standards. You know, some female soldiers are saying, why can't we have the same height and weight standards as men? You know, uh, for obvious reasons, <laughs> right? I mean, men are typically bigger, stronger than women. Um, you know, uh, particularly you're what, six, eight? That's right. Six, nine. So that's a lot of leeway for women, right? Uh, So there's just going to be this push, and you have very susceptible military leaders right now listening to, you know, soldiers that may be disadvantaged or may not have been listened to in the past. And, you know, so you're starting to see the changes, and I, I expect there to be just a lot more. We're going to get rid of the Army Combat Fitness Test. You know, um, yeah, it's 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 kind of concerning. It sure is. Christina Wong, Breitbart News. Thank you so much. That was outstanding. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Jesse. You bet. All right, we'll be back. Well, we always like to have people on the show who are smarter than me. And I know what you're saying, Jesse, there's nobody out there like that, but there actually are some people, one or two anyway. Joining me now, an analyst for Young Americans for Liberty, Kristen Tatum. She's the author of a book that I need to read because I'm concerned about it and you should be too. The book is The Liberal Invasion of of Red State America. And we are feeling that big time right here in my home state of Texas. Kristen, I... I'm not sure what to do about this problem, but it is a problem. Anybody in Texas knows it's a problem. We have our governor openly courting these California businesses. HP coming over here, 2,600 employees. I don't care if the CEO is a Republican. What about these 2,600 nutballs he's bringing with him? That's not a net win for me. What do we do about it? Well, that's a great question, and it's one I've been trying to answer for years. I've been following this trend for the last four or five years. My book came out last January. uh, And then the trend that I wrote about in that book just exploded over the last year because of coronavirus. Uh, We've seen in the last year alone companies and people fleeing these, you know, overpriced, tax-heavy blue states and cities uh, and realizing that they can run their operations much more leanly and efficiently in red states that have more freedom, lower taxes, lower regulation, et cetera. And, you know, this is kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because on one hand, this is very vindicating for Republican policy. It's very vindicating for low tax rates and kind of hands-off, conservative uh, uh, regulation, regulatory policy. On the other hand, this is going to create some real problems for Republicans. Uh, Did Democrats get that blue wave they were hoping for down ballot in 2020? No, they didn't. But if you look at the largest suburban areas in Texas, which are the areas absorbing the most of these folks moving in from California, Illinois, and New York, you'll see that Democrats actually came quite close to closing that gap with the Republicans. So I tell native red staters all the time, Jesse, you've got to reach out to your new neighbors and explain to them why the jobs are down here, why the cost of living is lower. Uh, because if, if we don't reach out to those people, they're just going to continue voting in favor of Democrats. And before we know it, Texas will be just like New York and California. 
Well, Chris, and see, that's a problem. I have no problem browbeating my neighbors into voting the way I want, but it's also a big ask, you know, to, to I mean, in all seriousness, it's a big ask. So we're, we're going to import these people, and now it's our job to convert them so they don't carpet bomb our own state. This, this seems suicidal. So when I see governors like Governor Greg Abbott of Texas ta bragging about the newest California company, I wonder, is, is he aware of this problem? He's not an idiot. He has to be aware of this problem. He is. He's actually tweeted about it in the past. It, it's definitely a problem he's aware of. And I don't blame him for bragging about it. I mean, that's a huge net positive, at least in the short term, to the Texas economy. I mean, heck, to have HP and Oracle moving into Texas, those are huge wins for the state of Texas and for the economy here, um, at least in the short term. Again, but, uh, you know, it's really interesting, Jesse, is when I talk to my friends, I live in the Houston area, I think you do too, when I talk to the people who move here uh, from, you know, out of state, and you really talk to them about policy, you realize they're actually not Democrats. They think they're Democrats because the media tells them they should be Democrats if they are, you know, tolerant, good people. But if you actually start asking them about taxes and, and more policy-related questions, you'll find that a lot of these folks are actually libertarians or even conservatives, but you, you just kind of have to to explain to them, hey, look, the reason you came down here, the reason you have a job that pays, you know, well above what you were making before, the reason you can have a house down here and have a mortgage that costs less than a studio apartment in Manhattan, you know, that's mm -hmm. not all by coincidence. That's because of policy. And I think when you kind of take the social issues out of it and just focus on, on the economic issues, that's where you can make real ground with these folks. Kristen, do we know, and, I, and I'm asking a lot about Texas, everybody, but understand this. If we lose this state, we are all screwed. Yeah. I mean, we need yep. Texas to stay red. What do we know about where Texas is trending? Everybody remembers the Beto O'Rourke-Ted Cruz race that was that close, but there was a lot of anti-Cruz stuff from the Trump days. Uh, where do we know? Where is Texas now? Is it still razor thin? It is. And, and what's really interesting is a lot of millennials and Gen Zers don't realize California used to be a deep red state. Uh, and right before California turned blue and, and, and the, the Democrats won in every single presidential election, that was in the early 90s. Right now, Texas has almost the exact same demographic makeup that that's California had in 1990, right before it flipped to blue. So, so yes, the changes are happening here. This is a real thing. Um, but again, I'm hoping that we can convert a lot of these people. And there have, I will say, been conflicting studies on this. So there are some studies, and, and again, these are all based on surveys. Some surveys have shown that a lot of the people moving down here are actually Republicans fleeing places like California and New York. So it's not like 100% of the transplants are all liberals. But the data from the recent election results seem to suggest that the majority are. And again, we cannot take Texas for granted. If Republicans lose Texas, it's all over. They will never win another national race. And right now, Texas is at that same crossroads that California was at in 1990, 1991. Kristen, I, now we focus a lot on Texas for reasons you just laid out and because our Mexican food's better than anybody else's. But are there <laughs> other red states out there that are also razor thin and are seeing all these transplants? I know Florida has struggled with this for a long time, used to be deep red and then went flat out purple. And people love Heavy D, Governor DeSantis of Florida, but he, he barely beat Gillum in the last election. Are there other red states we're close to losing? 
Arizona, uh, yeah, Florida, Tennessee is trending blue. Obviously, Colorado has been, I argue, is kind of a blue state now, but it's becoming even more blue. It used to be purple. Um, but what's also kind of interesting is what we're seeing is, is not just the state's overall trending blue, but you're kind of seeing this rural-urban divide. So if you actually look at a lot of these states like Florida, Arizona, Texas, you'll find that the cities and the surrounding suburban areas are becoming more blue, but actually a lot of the rural areas are becoming increasingly red. So it's just a question of which of these geographical pockets are growing at faster rates. Um, and Florida is kind of an interesting political animal. They have some unique aspects uh, about that state. For example, the Cuban population, which is, is large and growing there, tends to vote for Republicans. But then, of course, you have the Puerto Ricans moving in who tend to vote Democrat. So I kind of put Florida in its own category just because it has a lot of unique demographics going on. But I would say Texas, Tennessee, Arizona, and Colorado, and you could even put New Hampshire in that category. Those are the states to watch uh, for the next two and certainly four years. Why Why the suburbs? Why going blue? I find this to be fascinating. Is this too many men who wear skinny jeans and <laughs> suburban housewives that watch The View? What is it? What is it? You know, I've, I interviewed a lot of people for my book, for my book, who moved from huge meccas like New York City and LA and Chicago, and and almost all of the folks I spoke to ended up moving to suburban areas, interestingly, rather than the urban areas in red states. And what's happening is you're seeing kind of this this reversal of the urban boom that we saw in the early 2000s. People are kind of realizing, hey, you know what? I don't need to pay $3,500 a month for this 600 square foot flat in the city. I can go out to Austin, Texas, or you know, the suburbs of Austin and buy a house and my mortgage will be, you know, half that. So I think it's kind of this realignment of, of the way people are thinking about their lifestyles. And again, in the last year, COVID has only magnified these changes because there's really no reason to be in the middle of these big cities anymore, even in red state cities. I mean, heck, you can't even leave your house in some of these places. A lot of California is still on lockdown. Um, and if you're not going to work physically, if you're just, you know, zooming in, you may as well be in a big, comfortable house to do it. Not to mention, obviously, the problems that cities have with crime exploding, failing public schools. Uh, the list goes on and on. So I think more people are realizing that it's actually a better lifestyle if you move out of the city, you get more space, your money goes further, and you don't have to deal with this corrupt Kristen, lastly, the cities. Now, I obviously love living where I live now, but I like cities, too. I have a blast. New York City is one of my favorite places out there. And yeah, I realize there are nuclear wastelands now of crime and just disaster. Do we see a possible renewal coming up for them? I mean, they're, they're, they've got to be at their lowest point ever. At least some of them are. That, like a forest fire, that's when things grow back healthier sometimes. Could they see a comeback? I actually think we're at the beginning of their decline. I'm much less optimistic than you are. Um, I think that we could see places like New York City become burned out hell holes, sort of like Detroit became um, after it had its collapse. The problem is the leadership in place often just doubles down on the toxic policies that created the problems in the first place. So, for example, uh, now Cuomo is saying that he's going to raise the top tax rate 
rates on high earners uh, to, to, to fill in the budget hole there. And what do you think that's going to do? Of course, that's going to chase out the remaining high earners. Uh, the policing has been a disaster as they cut the, the police budgets in these places. The, the, the school, these teachers unions are destroying the failing schools. So I actually think that these cities are at the beginning of a long road towards decay. And now because of technology, you know, companies don't even need to be located in these hubs anymore. So I think we'll see the rise of the second tier city, places like Knoxville, Nashville, uh, Austin. These are the kind of places that I think will start booming. And then the huge meccas like New York City, Chicago, L.A., I, I see a long road towards uh, a really, really sad state for these places that could go on for decades. Man, that's depressing. Kristen Tate, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I lived there for many years. It's it's an awesome, beautiful, cultural place, and it's really sad what leadership has done there. Uh, Cuomo and De Blasio are are disasters, but uh, the the voters there need to wake up and vote in new leadership. If they don't do that, uh, they're going to to really do some some long lasting damage to these once vibrant, wonderful places. Well, you get what you get. Don't throw a fit. Thank you, Kristen. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jesse. We're still not done yet. Hang on. It's Groundhog Day today. What does that mean? Well, it means we'll probably watch that outstanding movie with Bill Murray. We're also going to have to pretend like we care about a gigantic groundhog seeing his shadow or not. If I sound like an old curmudgeon, it's because... This is the dumbest, most pointless tradition ever. However, I do have one really, really sweet memory from Groundhog Day, courtesy of New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Please take it away. The New York Post has blown the lid off of what they're calling a cover-up involving the city's mayor and one of its beloved icons. According to the paper's reports, Chuck the Groundhog, New York City's version of Punxsutawney Phil, died as a result of being dropped by Mayor Bill de Blasio. The day of the alleged fatal mishandling was February 2nd. During a Groundhog's Day photo op, the mayor lost his hold on Chuck and the high-profile mammal plummeted about six feet to the ground. On February 9th, the animal was found dead. The zoo said the causes for the passing were natural. A necropsy determined that the groundhog had died from internal injuries. The damage has been cited as being consistent with a fall. The Post also dropped the bomb that the Chuck involved in the incident was an imposter and it's the zoo's practice to replace the popular groundhog as needed without alerting the public. They do so to protect the Chuck brand. The mayor's office has expressed condolences and said they were unaware that the animal had perished. Groundhog murder. Disgusting. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust.
and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer, they will help you out. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.